Hi, I'm Melody Hilton. And I'm Joel Hilton. And I'm Katie Stansfield. And we are back with another episode of Life Exchange, your favorite podcast in the whole world. (laughs) Yeah? No? (laughs) Oh, you're asking us? No, no. Just looking for a reaction. (laughs) Is it my favorite podcast? It's one of them. I don't feel like I have a... I can't say. It's our podcast, so it doesn't feel right. But (laughs) hopefully you enjoy it, listener. And... um, we always like banter before we turn the microphones on about just life in general. And I always think we should just let the microphones run. <laughs> but I know that could cause more post-production depending yeah. on what we're talking about. But don't want that. You don't, we don't want that. We want to <laughs> keep your life easier. <laughs> um, yeah, I got to edit out well, when mom swears. Oh, so yeah, got, right. gotta, it's a real problem. We've been we've been talking got a to her about foul it. Foul mouth hanging around that sailor, that sailor husband of hers. <laughs> that just hurt. I want to let you know. <laughs> that made me laugh. <laughs> Should we explain? Sure. That um, Mama Melody had a dental procedure a couple days ago, and so. If she sounds like she's talking out of one side of her mouth today. She is. <laughs> she and so is. when you made me laugh, that just said pain. Oh, God. <laughs> so don't make me laugh too hard. <laughs> this will be probably the funniest podcast we've ever recorded and you'll just be over there. Yeah, so I don't oh. if I don't appear too passionate, you know why? <laughs> That's why. I am. Yes, I am passionate inside just controlling myself. I can tell because your tone of voice is more level. Yeah. You're a little, little more subdued today. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fair. Yeah. You just had surgery. <laughs> you don't realize how moving your mouth and your tongue can I said, are you sure you want to talk for a yeah. whole podcast session today? She's like, Yep, got it. we're gonna do it. Yeah. I'm not a person that wants to slow down if things are challenging. I overvalue resiliency. (laughs) So do I, but if I had just had surgery, I'd be like, we're not podcasting this week. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, when I broke my leg, they're like, are we good for Tuesday? No. No, we were not. (laughs) We shut down for two months. (laughs) Well, actually, a little longer than two months, didn't we? You shut down for two months completely. You couldn't even move. Hardly. We said, what's the plan? Because we cannot do this without him. <laughs> so we didn't. <laughs> when we made a very lousy little, we'll be back yeah, later. Yeah, the worst yeah. quality I've ever heard in a podcast. <laughs> Just that one episode. Five minutes. Yeah. But you're back, so you only have a slight limp left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, are we ready to, to get into the topic for today? Yep. We are. It's a light one. I, I have no idea where you guys are going to take this topic. So um, I'll be finding out along with everyone else. But the, the prompt for today was, what do you want to... No, let me start over. Was, what do you do when you don't want to go to church? So that was, that's our launching pad for today. So is this coming from a 10-year-old listener? <laughs> no, it's coming from a pastor, actually. <laughs> so <laughs> I did think I had to like... What do you do when you're the pastor and you when don't, don't want to go to church? To church? <laughs> yeah, <Is that> what? <laughs> which 
I, I think I heard this premise somewhere and that's where I got it from, but I did have to start to think like, as a pastor, are there ever days where I don't want to go to church? And I think I have, I don't know, I was born and raised a church girl. Um, and even though drama happened in the church, I, I don't ever remember a time when I was like, I don't want to go to church. And maybe that's because I was homeschooled and we didn't get out a whole <laughs> lot. <laughs> but <laughs> That was your like uh, entertainment. <laughs> but I don't ever remember that. And then I think there are some days now, only occasionally, my dear Giving Light family, <laughs> but only occasionally where I don't necessarily feel like going to church as a pastor. I would like to just go to church, but we'll get into that more, I'm sure, as we talk um, that, you know, a mom doesn't get to just wake up and not be a mom. <laughs> you are, you are uh, who you are, who you're called to be, so... Yeah. I don't I don't think I ever wake up like, man, I got to go to church. I don't feel that way, but Well, you said l- like earlier about drama in the church. When you said that, I thought more of growing up in the church in the 80s, drama was awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like true. drama skits and <laughs> puppet shows. Like nowadays it's like multimedia, but I remember yeah. Those human videos like they would play a song and then people there was always Jesus in a robe and, you know, there were demons in the skits and stuff like that. I was just listening to a comedian podcast and they were a Christian comedian. They were talking about um, the like hell houses. Do you guys remember that premise? Yeah. And Heaven's gates, hell's flames. Yeah. Now, now hearing people talk about that was like, wow, we really did stuff like that. But it was like, there was always like, you know, somebody was drinking and all of a sudden you see hell's flames and it was, it was very dramatic. So you are right about the drama aspects. <laughs> now we just have relational drama. <laughs> now, mm-hmm. now we have technology. So I think there's a little less human video for, hey, maybe yeah. there's a part of the church that's still really big into that. I just don't know about them. That's kind of sad, isn't it? Because oh, it's sad. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, know. now that you think about it, because that was, because I did children's church for years. It was all puppets and drama yeah. and action and you know, I played like a little Edith Ann girl, you know, biting my toenails. And Is that a person? Edith, Edith Ann. Ann. Well, yeah, she, that was Lily Tomlin and she sat in this huge chair. So she looked like this little, little, little girl, oh. this huge chair. And, um, you know, she talked So you need like, to be a certain age to understand yeah, this you have to Yeah, I know be my the age. character that you played, but I didn't know yeah. that was based off yeah. of something it real. It was like Edith Ann. So uh, I, I was... Uh, I was Missy, who was what you don't want any kid to be. That's what she was. You know, she was ornery. She caused problems. Yeah. She she did all kinds of things and just made people laugh. And and uh, we don't have video recordings of this. No, it's really a shame. Yeah, there, the technology was much different then. Yeah, and um, you actually had to go to church to go to church. Yeah, you did. <laughs> that's that's right. But, you know, when I was thinking about this, I wasn't thinking it so much from a pastoral perspective or, you know, of the responsibility in a local church. But, you know, I think, what if you couldn't go to church? What if you lived in a nation where being a Christian brought persecution? And we're talking about getting up early and, 
getting to church or maybe serving, being an usher or greeter or, uh, or just showing up, um, how blessed are we that we can go to church? And for me personally, um, being a person from the moment I got saved, I was in church and then being in ministry for um, 43, 44 years, whatever it's been, uh, now, there was a year and a half when I was my mom's primary caregiver, mm-hmm. and I couldn't go. Mm-hmm. And I mean, thank goodness for video that or um, yeah, live streaming, w- live stream, yeah. So I would listen, and I'd have my phone. So when I was down with my mom, I was trying to listen to the service or whatever, and and just craving to be there, mm-hmm. just craving to connect to the church community and the people and the ones you love. And and then even as, as a person, as a part of the community, as well as a leader, you know, there was new people coming to church. And here I was, a pastor in the church, and I didn't even know these people coming to church. And one Sunday, I uh, someone watched my mom, and I did come to church, and someone came up to me, and they were talking about, Pastor Joel, how wonderful he is and how awesome he is at leading worship. And and I said, yeah, he's my son. <gasps> You're Pastor Joel's mom. <laughs> and I thought that was just so neat because he was like, oh, you're Melody's son. And now it's your Pastor Joel's mom. And um, but they didn't they thought I was a visitor. And so that was kind of neat going in uh, incognito yeah. with some of them. But that year and a half. Um, probably being in church maybe three, four times in that year and a half, um, I craved it. And so sometimes you don't realize what you have Mm -hmm. until you can't do it. And if we would be a people that would just value what we have, value the church community, value the people in your local church, and realize that you're a part of a family, that it's not just what you get, it's what you give. It's not just what you give, but what you receive. And having that exchange of life, no pun intended, but having that exchange of life is really beautiful. So just valuing that you have that. Yeah. Really, it's perception, isn't it? I think it might be good if we sit down and talk about the vision of this podcast at some point, because my vision is maybe not keeping it light, but we were going on, we were talking about <laughs> drama in the church and like oh, drama skits, hurt. and then it goes into church persecution and why we should <laughs> no, come. I, did, like, I immediately thought, of course she was thinking I that. I was just she like... Was thinking about the... And maybe that's what life exchange is about. We all see <laughs> yes, things differently. And exactly. Like, I just... I wish you could see my face when she started talking because... Don't make me laugh. I I almost wanted to cry. Not in a a sad way. Not in a... a, It's just... I try. I try hard. It is... It is... I try to bring life to this podcast and there is a force that... Every she did time. take it to the most extreme, I like know. the most <laughs> extreme, like, 
let's immediately go to underground persecuted there, church. Uh, no, it wasn't. Well, yeah, I guess it was. <laughs> <laughs> like that is exactly no. where you went with it. Well, you just think about that. I mean, I agree with you, but yeah. I also yes. had the thoughts yes. of... Okay, I wasn't expecting that. I should have been. We went from you being a, a character Missy to... I, I had words to say, and after that, I don't know what to say anymore. Well, I kind of paused after she was done because I thought, I need to know what direction he's about to go before I continue. <laughs> I could keep it here or I, I could go down the serious route. Yeah. Or <laughs> well, my thought in that is no, I understand. there are I'm people not. that are crying out that would love to be able to have I community. I think we have to like, and we are speaking from an American perspective Yeah, and our which, listeners probably at large are American or yeah. Western In a culture. free country. So I think, it's really easy, you know. You've mm -hmm. you've done international missions for many years. It's easy and to, when you come in home. Places where well, when you come home, it's very easy to be judgmental of Western church culture. Of like, like years years ago, I struggled with that. Yeah, not anymore, but because different cultures hold different things. But at the exact same time, just really everything that I was saying is like find gratitude in that. Yeah. See the value of what we have. And, you know, I can feel obligated as a wife or I can go, what an honor it is to be a wife. Yeah. And I think if you don't have that starting value for the church, then, you, you know, that's your whole thing. You're not going to find value in it. You're not going to see a reason. If you don't want to go, you're not going to go. There's nothing for you to fight for. So it does have to start with seeing value in the church, which I think we've talked about in previous episodes. Yeah. Um, I'm just spitballing here, just brainstorming. <laughs> you know, we have, I'm recording this and we can see the timer go. So maybe let's not hit heavy until like the 30 mark. <laughs> like as a general rule? As a general rule, like just glance so up there. So we just won't let her talk a whole lot until, and then we'll be like, okay, now's your moment. Well, Go it's funny, it. like if you saw I it. I would just be curious if there was some boomers out there, uh, which is a part are, well, of a community, you, church yeah, community. Well, I don't even think just boomers. I think like there's one individual right now I can think of who's not a boomer who would probably be so on board with everything that you're saying because they're just more of a passionate, like intense and Person. when they hear me talk, they're like, oh, you interrupted it again. <laughs> <laughs> but then there are other people who are like, wow, yeah, okay. That's what I'm saying. I... We should talk about the vision <laughs> of this podcast. And Actually, we're fulfilling the vision. It is. A, it's about it's three generations coming together with different perspectives, She's kind different of ways there. of viewing things. I think that's part of our dynamic. We mm -hmm. have to have... This. I know you can't see my face right now. I'm just, <laughs> I got that thinking face on like. You've only known me for 42 years from yes, birth. Yes. I carried you in my womb. <laughs> yeah. I just thought we were going somewhere. No. <laughs> and then, I was like, hey, we got the good banter going on. To the, uh, when and my she's dad like, died. <laughs> it's like. You waited in hiding for your chance We're like talking about to... Disney World and like the happiest day on earth. And she's like, 
I remember the worst day of my life. You always have those people that are like, hey, we're going to Disney. Oh, Disney. Really? Disney. What? Like the skeptics or the... Yeah, like oh. you give money to Disney? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't anymore, but my wife still does. <laughs> so we have a shared account. And what's yours is hers and what's hers is So yours. I'm really conflicted with that one, but we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> It's funny because when we're bantering back and forth, she holds on to her notes. Like she glances down, like <laughs> where am I going when they're done? Yes. Well, should we talk about the topic today? Well, she oh, was. Now you're, you're I know. I'm sorry. You I'm sorry. Lead, lead the charge here. Well, remember, I don't know if this, that podcast. Yeah, I guess that podcast would be out. But remember how I said my goal for these podcasts to have a hidden agenda, we would talk about this particular thing. Yeah. And I would try to work it in there. Do you have that? No, today? I didn't, but I just thought <laughs> of it now. I feel like that would be very difficult, but if not anyone if you do, it, do well. it, you can do it. <laughs> not if you do it well. Yeah. Do you well, have you anything else to say about... She's like, no, <laughs> 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 not after that. No, um, I mean, I just go back to that main point. I mean, what an honor, what a blessing it is. And okay, even the if it's an honor and a blessing, sometimes you don't want to go. What do you do? Or like maybe maybe for you, it's like that's never even a thought that crossed your mind, but maybe there's something else that you could relate that to. Like, you know, it's an honor. You're grateful like for it, but well, you still well, that don't want to do it. If whatever we do out of all, let's, if you go to church because you have to go, it might be better to stay home. Uh, you know, if you're going to go with a negative attitude or you're going to go in with this cloud of darkness over you and this. Hello, darkness, da my old friend. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And, um, but, you know, because whatever we do obligatorily really doesn't carry the nature and the character of Christ or uh, going back to my marriage. If I'm married obligatorily, then I'm not going to treat my husband with the love and the honor that he deserves. And so if I have this real negative attitude about church or about the people, or I just don't want to be there, then uh, going will be obligatorily and you probably wouldn't even receive something when you go. Um, I think if someone doesn't want to go, they don't go. And honestly, now that you say that, I think that's so true because in today's world, that's much more the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe 20 50, years ago. Yeah. Years ago, you went because that was the right thing to do, whether you wanted to or not, that was the right thing. And so, uh, people might've done things more obligatorily, but then. So like 20, 30 years ago, this question is, what do you do when you don't want to go to church? Um, it's the right the answer, thing to do. You just you do it. You don't. Yeah. Now the the mantra would be: do what makes you happy. You know, do what you want to do. Do what feels good. Well, I guess or my thought with this question is also: are we talking about church in the macro sense, or church in the micro sense of your church that you're going to? Mm -hmm. Because I look, there's there's probably about 150 churches in this small valley, so it's not like. I mean, you can go to another church. Yeah. I guess I was thinking more of like, you have a church. You have like a church. It's, you, it's your church, mm -hmm. not just like the macro church. 
Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like, is it is the question like, I don't want to go to church in the macro sense anymore, or I don't want to go to my local church, or, or the you, one that I've been going to for... So are you just talking in general, or I just woke up this morning and I'm tired and don't feel like going to church? Well, well, yeah, it could just be a Sunday to Sunday. I think this question is more like in a broader sense of like, not just a Sunday service, it's more like either stop going to a particular church or stop going to church just in general. Well, I guess that's the question that I had about the topic. You know, what are we talking about? Well, I feel like we've had episodes where we've talked about like the reason or like the value of big C church, macro church. Yeah. So like if you are a Christian and you do believe in the local church, um, but it's just a struggle for whatever reason, like church hurt, like like um, your schedule, like those type of a things, more what I was thinking. But you take it wherever you want to take it. Well, it wasn't. A, I, I was just saying to answer this question, I think that's an important question that you have to ask yourself. Mm-hmm. Am I talking about I don't want to go to church at all in the macro sense, like I'm just done with church? Or am I like, uh, things are just really bothering me at the church that I'm going to. Maybe I should try the Methodist church down the road or the... Well, one of those is internal. The other was external. Because, no, okay... No, I think it's all internal because... Yeah, but if you're saying, okay, this church, maybe the church is going through trauma or maybe there's difficult things there or... You know, you get offended with somebody or somebody's offended with you. So then you're affected by what's happening externally. So is this an internal thing? Like, you know, I just don't feel like going to church even just, I just don't feel like going to church now or forever, you know, it's just like right now, uh, I don't want to be a part of a local church. That's would be much more internal and discovering why that's there and processing through that. Well, those two play that. together, right? Like Could be. So um, if you if you were offended by an external circumstance, that's going to affect you internally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you allow that to, if you're not able to separate that. And that's hard for people to do, even people that do it well. Yeah. Yeah, so Katie, what direction are we in? <laughs> <laughs> I would not, for the sake of, I guess, brevity in the episode, I was not going to take it to a... Um, the macro, it, sense. the macro. Yeah. Like if you don't see value in the church, the you know gathering at all. Yeah, I feel like that's a whole other. Probably they wouldn't be listening to this podcast. I mean, maybe. I oh, don't, maybe. I, I mean, there's plenty of people that I know that for them the church has just not served them well or whatever for whatever reason. They still love the Lord. They still love believers. They still love the gathering of believers, but in the local church setting. Um. It's just not something that they see themselves in right now. They're in a season. They're in a season, (laughs) however long that may be. (laughs) Yeah. When I thought of this or when I saw this question, I feel like there's a couple why questions that you need to ask yourself. Uh, So the question is, what do I do when I don't want to go to church? Well, the first why question is, why should I even go in the first place? Like Mm -hmm. that's the more macro sense. So maybe going back to the biblical purpose of a local church, we need to search scripture. We need to read books on the topic. We need to listen to pastors that you trust and pull from that. 
So if you don't understand the biblical purpose and the benefits of going to church, you won't be motivated to do it. The other why question that I was thinking of is, why do I feel disconnected? Mm -hmm. Because you feel disconnected before you become disconnected. There you mm. go. That's good. So you're going to have these feelings of disconnection. You're going to have these feelings of separation. You're going to have these feelings of offense before there's an actual disconnection. And that's true for all relationships in, in marriage, mm -hmm. in friendships, or, or whatever. So once you discover why you feel disconnected, is that something that you can remedy in yourself or work out with someone else? So if you feel disconnected, can you work it you know, sometimes we can work things out just internally, mm -hmm. but sometimes you have to work it out with the person that you're feeling disconnected with. So ask yourself, why do I feel disconnected? Why am I feeling these things? And actually pursue some type of resolve for it. Which so, is super scary, super hard. Yeah. And I think just painting in broad strokes, we don't do that mm. <laughs> as, a, as a culture. It's just much easier to step away um, just altogether and not mm -hmm. address it. Yeah. That was all. You can continue. No, I, <laughs> I, I was done. I mean, uh, I have other things, but... Yeah, I think, I think to your point of what, is, what was the purpose of the local church, like it is so, so crucial um, because there is there is a Christianity that has been culturally shaped um, through time. Some of that is, I think, I don't want to say good, but you know, there's very natural elements to that as any culture evolves, but then there's also like original intent and, um, and the Lord's purpose for it. So uh, going back to that, if the Lord purposed it, then it, it is good in nature. Um, it had a purpose. It, it is good for us. It serves us. And a lot of times I think we start to ask or we start to say, well, like, it's not serving us anymore. Or it is serving you. You just don't like how it's serving you. Yeah. A lot of times God puts us in situations where, where it doesn't feel pleasant so that we are actually called or we're actually transformed because of that situation. So sometimes we... Uh, are unhappy with the situation because it's actually doing what it's meant to do. I mean, in looking at early church, I mean, that's what it was. It mm. was one, a public gathering or a public reading of scripture and discussion of scripture. And yes, some of that was technology based in that not everyone had a copy of the Bible. Yeah. Um, so you had to go to the synagogue or the temple to even hear it, to even receive it and yeah. to discuss it. And, but, but also big, big elements of the, the beginning churches was for correction and direction and, um, and working interpersonal issues out. Um, they were messy. It was big, messy topics. And that's what you see in those early churches, you know, throughout the new Testament. So I definitely see how a 21st century person is like, yeah, no, that's not for me <laughs> because one technology has advanced and we do have the Bible at our fingertips. And two, 
it's a lot more independent. It's a lot more about like me, my feelings. We don't want to be told what to do. I don't want to be told what to do. Um, I, you know, we don't want to be corrected. We go on social media and blast the person who said something that could have been possibly constructive criticism to us. We're just not good at that. So I totally get how things have changed and how the church has um, taken on it looks different now, but also we look different now. And not always for the best. Exactly. Yeah. And kind of owning that. Yeah. As I'm listening to you talk, both of you talk, it's like everything that you're bringing out, I think you're talking from a place where a person is like, what I want, what I need, very ego-driven, yeah. very self-driven, and is being in a local church just for what I get, mm-hmm. just what's going to meet my need, what's going to, you know, tickle my fancy or and make me feel good. Or on the responsibility of the leaders. Because sometimes I think church leaders have made it to where it is like yeah. an a la carte thing. It's like all the ministry is top down. And, when, and I'm not just talking from the pastor. I'm just saying, we have this program. We have this program. We have this for your kids. Mm-hmm. We have the volleyball camp. We have this. We have this. We have this. But when you look at the church, every member, according to scripture, yes. is to yes. minister to one another. Yes. Yeah. And so if it's all that top down, then it's just... Um, Come and uh, get. Yeah, yeah. like a, a me culture mm-hmm. rather than a, a sacrifice yes. culture. And that's... That's really kind of the purpose of the church is to lay down your life for one another. Yeah. But you can't do that if if you're if you're isolated. Yeah. And I'm not saying isolated in like geographically or not coming. I'm saying we have become accustomed to being isolated even in a group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Walls. Walls and like uh um like you're not going to reap the benefit of a leader if you never trust them enough to open up. Mm-hmm. Right. Like there's times where there's people I was like, yeah, we work together, but there's not a level of trust there. I mean, we get the job done, but that's all it is. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not always the case, but it mm-hmm. can be sometimes. Yeah. So really there needs to be a resurrection inside of us to where we don't live our life just to take and get, but to contribute. And I believe that's in the local church. I believe it's in the family unit. Why is there so much division in family units? The wife and I'm not getting what I want. And the husband, well, you're not giving me what I want. And it's all about self and ego and my way or the highway and demanding, commanding, expecting, rather than serving and loving and giving and having, quote unquote, an exchange of life Mm -hmm. where I give, but I also receive. And, um, you know, I am trustworthy, but I'm also one that recognizes those that I can trust. And you you can have those relationships. And and I think that's what was one of the purposes of it says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. So I guess that happened way back when too, right? <laughs> yeah. 
uh, and even more so as the evil day approaches. So the more difficult the world becomes, which, you know, the more challenges we face within culture, the more we uh, need for ourselves to give and receive that in a local church, because that is the place that should look like the kingdom. That's the place that should represent the heart of God and where there is um, that giving and that receiving and that safety and that growth, uh, where we're here, <clears throat> where we're hearing, uh, the truth. And I'm saying biblical truth, uh, in, in a kind of a macro sense rather than just scripture by scripture, agreeing on all those things, but really where the word of God is spoken and not going out and just hearing what social media is saying and what the news is saying and what the world is touting, the more we our world is shaken, the more we need a place of safety that aligns, you know, with the word of God. Even if there's, there's no way you're going to have everybody in a local church agree on everything. We're not trying to get agreement. We're, we're looking for a collaboration of building the kingdom of God together and supporting one another and having a safe place and, and, uh, having it all around the grid of biblical truth and the heart of the Father. And uh, it's, it's, but it, it's a giving and a receiving. It's not a, mm-hmm. it's not an ego thing. It's, it's contributory. And, and that's why I think everyone, uh, no matter where they're at, can find a place to give. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm not just talking some big service or being in, a position. I'm talking about coming with the mindset of just loving the person sitting close to you and valuing them and, and seeing their worth and vice versa. And, and being a safe place is a very big deal for me, you yeah. know, in a local church. And when our world is shaken, we need that even more so. I think that's a great point. And that's what I was going to say. As our world is shaken, we realize that we need it more. Yeah. I think in a time of where our needs are being met, we can say, oh, I don't need this. Mm-hmm. I don't need, I don't need this, uh, this structure to, I mean, when you think about it, like, like the Israelites, it talked about how e- scripture talked about how Egypt oppressed it the Israelites even more, but they flourished and they grew in number. Yeah. I'm not, Hey, I'm not, I'm not like we need uh persecution <laughs> to, I hope we don't need yeah. that. But I think in those times of hardship of where we actually need the other person, not because I need them for a sense of community. <laughs> no, I actually need them because they know how to grow things. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Katie knows how to grow food and we need food. And so this really works out because, and she could teach us the ways of the, the crop. I don't know how you would even put it. The ways of Eden. (laughs) The ways of Eden. (laughs) But my point is when in our society, because everything is available and we can do it on our own. Yeah. We think we can do it. All we right. think, right? We have and so that's why many churches substitutes. Have, that's why churches have just relied. We need a sense of community, you know. But really, like, look, you brought it out of me. Even in those times of persecution, 
<laughs> when you said that, I go, oh, we're not supposed to talk about that. I didn't say we weren't supposed to talk about it. I'm just saying by the We've 30 hit, mark, we can we do it? serious mark now. We can go there. We hit the serious mark. <laughs> okay. But Where but we actually it, need each other for survival. Yeah. Well, and and not even that deep or that intense. Well, the, the fact look, look at the, the tables the, turn. The, the, you're okay. like, well, not what that I'm saying, deep. And there not are that. so no, just in a very simple practical sense of so many people saying, well, and I'm not against vacation. A vacation will make me feel this, or if I have this, or if I have this house, or if I do this, or I have, you know, what I mean, all these pseudo meeting needs type thing. You know, mm-hmm. we we've leaned on so many substitutes that truly do not satisfy our soul. And uh, you know, the world says if you have this, if you obtain this, if you experience this, then it it's you know, entertainment, which is just function without thought. And I'm not against entertainment because I hit a certain point in the end of the day and it's like, I don't want to think anymore. My brain must stop. And I never allowed my brain to stop and I've learned to let my brain stop and have a little entertainment because, you know, it it, it needs to chill. So I'm not against that, but when we live for that and but true quality of life isn't just what I have naturally, what what I have emotionally, everyone meeting my needs and all those things, but it's what I have in the depths of my spirit, man. And uh, nothing can satisfy that but the things of the spirit. You know, all the things that I do to meet my need will not ultimately meet my need if I don't have that within my spirit man, that relationship with God, that relationship with his body, because God is not separate from his body. Mm-hmm. You know, every joint supplies. We cannot be a lone ranger because we only have, we know in part, we prophesy in part, we only have a part. Mm-hmm. And that's why we need life exchange. You yeah. know, whether it's, you know, however we view that, whatever it looks, we need what um, each other has. Well, and like like you were saying, Joel, like about getting to that place where we we depend on each other for our physical needs. But like even um, relationally, even yes. for our soul, like we need conflict. Like we need feedback. Yep. We need people to rub us the wrong way. I think it's crucial to our soul. Otherwise we become so Only if you fragile. allow it to do what it's meant to do. Because I think people can have that and they just get bitter and resentful. And that's what I mean. They're yeah. they're closing off to it and it's affecting their soul. And if you never allow anybody to really speak into your life, you're never going to grow up. Yeah. That's just the reality. And of you it. become very Maybe this is insensitive. You become oh, like very this. fragile. Like yeah. you become to where snowflake. Yeah. I'm trying to choose my terms carefully. <laughs> Not politically. How could I get Katie in trouble right now? <laughs> um, maybe I'm doing it. I'm being too sensitive. <laughs> being yeah, too- big baby. <laughs> but I mean, listen, you don't have to live like just open your eyes. You see it. You see people are so sensitive. Like 
People are so well, sensitive. Well, I was telling you about this. We were at like, uh, it might have been Layla's like um, volleyball thing or whatever. And a lot of the changes that they made were people because someone was offended or their feelings yeah. were hurt. And I was thinking, I, I think the term that I used is like the tyranny of the the offended, the tyranny yeah. of like the sensitive. Yeah. And I'm not saying that it's wrong to be compassionate or it's wrong to like have some level of sensitivity. But if ever, if you're trying to make the world like, you know how there's like child safety, you know, everything has to be child safe. This like, peanut butter contains peanuts. Kind yeah. Of a, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was a hundred miles from a factory that did peanuts. So just <laughs> yeah, be aware. Yeah. Don't sue us. Yeah. 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 There's just so much like, hyper sensitivity. And that I I think is really, really, really hurting our souls. I think it's hurting the humanity <laughs> that allows us to mess up, that allows us to be able to fail and, um, and develop a grit, not just a, oh, plow through kind of a resiliency, but a grit in knowing how to face difficulty, how to face relational difficulty, how to face relational conflict, uh, and be able to rise to that occasion instead of shrink back and actually be able to grow and, and strengthen and um, fortify relationships because uh, we have those skills. And I think, you know, going back, I think the church was created upon that premise partially that we it's building us as human beings, as image bearers of God. Um, and I think it's crucial. And is the church the only place to get that? No, but I think as believers, um, it's a very essential part <laughs> of I believe the fabric. I think it's in Luke 17 where uh, Jesus said to the disciples, to the apostles, and he said, um, offenses are going to come. Yeah. And then they go, oh, okay, how much, oh, that, you know, what do you do? Forgive. And what did uh, they say? Increase our faith. That's yeah. the only place where they asked Jesus to increase their faith when it dealt with handling offense. Mm -hmm. And I think it, and it's not like you said, I'm resilient, I don't let, uh, it's not that extreme resiliency, but it's recognizing if I, feel a change of offense, this is my opportunity to grow up. Mm -hmm. This is my opportunity to handle this situation in a way that on the other side of this thing, we can be closer in relationship than we were before. Mm -hmm. And that might not be the typical resiliency, but it's seeing challenges as opportunities. And most people are running from anything that is difficult. And uh, the the fact is, you know, you're in family. You cannot be married without having challenges, without having difficulties. You can't have a friendship without there being things that rub you wrong. You know, it's. Just, I mean, you can. I mean, but yeah. it's not a very deep relationship. It, that's right. Well, it's probably rubbing you wrong, but either you are afraid to confront it, or you're afraid to be honest of what you might lose. Because sometimes, well, I think some of those relationships are good to have. I'm not saying they oh, can't. Oh, there's different levels of yeah, relationship. Like, but if every relationship yeah. you have is so fickle. Yeah. Whew. It's great to have relationships where all you're talking about is the Chiefs or their <laughs> football team. And it's, it's 
Yeah. It's not deeper than that. It's just a connection through a sports team or a connection through bird watching. I don't know. Like, yeah. and well, that's, that's all it that's is. That's different than that than the whole offense type of thing. But when you're in community, some people are going to do things, or even in leadership, like you said, Katie, there was correction, there was instruction. Uh, somebody might preach something you disagree with. You know, you know, how are you going to respond to that? Um, you know, or well, let's go back just, to that question, like looking at it more in a micro sense, because you said, well, if someone preaches something and it offends you or or whatever, there are so many churches that people can go to. Like I said, in our small community, we probably have <laughs> over 150 just in this valley. Why not go to another church? So that would be another why question. Why am I here? What is the purpose? And for some people, it's like, well, God has called me here. Well, then if he's called you here, then he has a purpose. And I find like sometimes people say, well, God's called me here. And they're just doing it out of obligation. And they're miserable. They're making other people miserable because they're miserable. And you're not giving of yourself cheerfully. So you're not really getting the benefit of why God has Mm -hmm. called you there. And actually in scripture, it talks about like, um, before you bring your offering, deal with the offense. Yes, yeah. exactly. And so you're not even getting the benefit of sticking around yeah. as a sense of laying down your life and obeying God because you're not doing it with a cheerful heart. You're not doing it exactly. with, um, you're doing it with offense. And God, you could see throughout scripture, if you don't offer the sacrifice the way God intended, he rejects it. Like you can see it in scripture. Mm -hmm. And so I don't say that to make you fearful. I'm just saying that's a reality. If God has you in a place and you don't do it well, you're not getting the benefit of why he he has you there. And so you're not only hurting yourself, but you're hurting the community in the sense because you're not doing your part. Yeah. And if I give, serve, go obligatorily, then the fact is I will not reap the reward. For for example, okay, uh, I give I give you $100, Katie, and I did it because I felt like I had to do it. I felt ob- ob- obliged to do this or, okay, pressured to do it. If I didn't do it and somebody knows that I didn't give to you when you were in need, they're going to think bad about me or whatever it is. Guess what? I, you all have gotten hundred. That wouldn't hurt you at all. You still get the hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, it would do absolutely nothing for me. There would be no return. In fact, I'd be bitter about my investment. I'd be angry about what I felt forced to do when no one forced me. But if I look at you and I give that because I love you, I want to make an investment into you. The second I hand you that money, man, I will feel so good inside. Yeah. because it was from a pure heart. It was to love you. It was to honor you. It was, if I'm doing it, quote unquote, for the Lord, then I know I've honored God and I can feel. And I'm not talking about emotion. You become very aware that I've done a good thing, a right thing, a generous thing. And then what is the reward? Man, I'm instantly rewarded for having that attitude. So 
whatever I do in the local church and it becomes obligatory or, uh, or I'm doing something out of offense, the one it's hurting is me. And so it's so quick to blame the external or I don't like this or I don't like what the preacher preaches or I don't like Susie over there. She always irritates me or whatever crazy things people come up with. I don't like their songs or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had don't like the color of the carpet, all those crazy things that that individual is hurting themselves. They are damaging their own emotional health and their spiritual health. Yeah. And, and someone might not like the sermon because they don't agree with it theologically. Well, if you, if you don't have a sense that you're called, there's plenty of churches that can fit into your theological systematic paradigm. And so you go might, to those you might places. never find one. You that might, is well, that's exactly the truth. That's the reality. Right? Because nobody agrees on everything. We so don't you, agree on anything you might in our have team. To decide we don't agree on anything. We don't agree everything. on everything. <laughs> but you might have my, to my decide. My mouth isn't working right. <laughs> what you're okay disagreeing with. Because if you're looking for somebody who identically matches your theology, you you might never find it. That's right. I agree. Um, but kind of like back to what you were saying of um, like, you know, if it's all about me kind of a thing, or if you're going out of obligation, like I was thinking back to the top when I kind of said, you know, as a pastor, there is an occasional Sunday mm-hmm. when I don't necessarily want to pastor. I don't want to show up to church and pastor. Um, and my Sunday morning, I have a limited social tank until I fizzle um, and Sundays Take it out of me. <laughs> but you surprised me last week. You, we had church, we had a picnic, and then you had a meeting after the picnic. I said, Why does Katie do these things to herself? Yeah. <laughs> That's it's, another topic. And then I went home and I didn't talk to a for- soul. I lit a candle <laughs> and I did not open my mouth. No, I don't cry. It's not like, it's not that. It's just like, I need to recharge now. You don't cry. No, I don't. I don't cry like, oh my gosh, I've been with people. Like, it's not like they're sucking the life out yeah. of me in this like emotional way. Not at all. But physically, I'm an introvert and I need to recharge. Well, when I saw your schedule, I was like, oh. Yeah, it's been a. I went on vacation and I came back and just had to catch up. So. Yeah. But I also, yeah, we won't get off into that. <laughs> <laughs> but. but So in those days, I think that it is very human to have just like physical emotions or like tired. Like if I went out Saturday night, I might not have, not feel as ready to give socially on a Sunday morning. So, but when those moments happen, I have to stop. And number one, Mm -hmm. what I, what I will always go to is Lord, this is for you. This mm-hmm. is not about me. Um, this is an honor to be able to mm-hmm. show up and love your people, love the people that you love that you have uh, put in my life. And so, it, and making it about him, why do we do what we do? Ultimately, it should be as an offering to him. Um, and you guys, everybody's phone is ringing today. What is the number one rule of podcast? I turned it off. I turned it off. <laughs> So yeah, going back to the Lord, like it has to be about him. And then number two, I go, man, I actually really like these people. <laughs> like I, 
actually really love these people that, um, that I get to be with. And I get so much just from showing up. And yeah, I do give a lot because it's number one in the job description. <laughs> like it is part of the responsibilities of a leader uh, is to do more and to, to, you know, give at that higher level. But I also look and go like when I show up and I like give the greeter a hug, like I'm getting from that. Exactly. And I'm not going to get, but I do receive exactly. because that's the way it's supposed to be. It is supposed to be a giving and a receiving. So if I show up and make it all about me and I'm completely closed to, you know, my role, my part in the family, that I have something to give, that they have something to give, then I think it's going to be a pretty dry, probably not pleasant experience. Um, I want to add to what, what you're, it has to be. I want to add to what you're saying because uh, a lot of times people will think, well, Katie's talking about serving in this or doing this. And I think that is part of it. But it's also um, offering something of who you are when yeah, you exactly. come. Some people are, and I get it, we have lives and we have struggles and they just come in and they're not offering any life. Mm-hmm. And I love that and, you said that. It's not just about what they're doing. They're bringing themselves. Or they're expecting the church or the people in the church to... Uh, be their source, and it just doesn't work that way. No. And so, when when you talk about coming with something to give, mm-hmm. it's not just okay. We need someone in the nursery. We need someone to do this. Right. Come prepared to offer something to the community. Totally. Yeah. And I like for me, like when I show up and I see different faces and I know their personalities, and I like, and we have like a a running joke or like a convert something, a topic that we talk about, like I'm not coming so that you can like, um, just lead me in good worship or just take care of my kids or no, I'm coming because like you're an interesting human being (laughs) that I actually enjoy being around. So just showing up in that way, like just bring yourself, bring who you are to the community and don't just show up just to take from everybody else. Bring you. And you can tell when someone's doing it out of obligation because the relational aspect is not there. They're just there to fulfill something yeah. or a task because maybe their parents said, well, that's what you got to do. That's the right thing to mm-hmm. do. But if you just do it solely out of task, you're, you're missing the whole point. And actually, like, how many times have we seen where people show up faithfully to do their responsibility, but they're so disconnected for whatever mm. reason, and you can so feel it, yep, you yeah. can. Um, and, and it affects it affects what they're able to get and what they're able to give, and it does have a, it does have a community dynamic. And hey, listen, and maybe if, pastors notice that more than maybe, maybe, maybe. other people. Yeah. But I think there I think it is at some level noticeable when sure. someone shows up and um and they're doing they're giving their their duty but they're not giving um who they are. And we all have a bad day. Like listen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're allotted a bad day. But if if you notice that it's this this ongoing thing of like you're showing up just doing the job and you're not talking to people, you're not letting people in, you know, even at a surface level, mm-hmm. um, then I would just really caution, don't be quick 
to point fingers at the church, um, just kind of look inside and go, what's going on inside of me right now? What do I need to address? Yeah, I agree. One little thing that we did not talk about in this is who are we going to worship? (laughs) You know, who's the main object of this, the church or our God? And um, so it's it's not just about uh, structure. It's not just about the church structure. It it is about the person we're gathering to worship. So when I come, I'm coming uh, with a heart to give God. I love Sunday mornings with the fact that this is this is my first of the week, the very very beginning of the week. That first of a week goes to my God. Mm-hmm. And and the first, the Bible talks a lot about first because when the first is given to God, it literally releases a blessing of God upon our life. And so when just by coming, God, I'm giving you my very first of the week. Mm-hmm. And I recognize when I put you first, then you bless the rest. Yeah. I feel like sometimes we almost approach the church as a headless body. Mm. Like the church is the, called the body of Christ. Um, That's and, really and we good. think like, well, the church is just the people aspect of of our religion. Mm-mm. But no, actually, we are his body. He is mm-hmm. the head. Mm-hmm. And so always keeping that in mind that um, it's not just about you know, the, the hands and feet. Mm-hmm. It's about the head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this was his idea. This was, and we, we show up for him just as much as, you know, for the body. And when I say... Um, has God called you to a place? I'm not talking about if you leave, you're cursed or this or that. Like, it's just something that if you believe it, you got to take it up with God then. Mm -hmm. So I'm not even saying you have to be at a particular place because if not, your destiny is going to be thwarted. And I think sometimes pastors use that for a sense of control. And that is not what Mm -mm, I'm saying at all. Mm -mm. I'm just saying, if you truly believe that, you have to adjust yourself to reap the benefit that God has for you, because I believe God does these things for our benefit. His commandments are an invitation mm-hmm. to an, an encounter with him. So if you're struggling with it, you take it up with him, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm not saying, um, Hey, and maybe you just need to take a break and, and then be in a different environment, a different church. And then mm-hmm. God still speak, hey, there's people that have left the church that have come back. Mm -hmm. It's not because we pursued them. It's obviously they felt something or the leading of the Holy Spirit. So when I I say, uh, has God called you to a place? I'm not talking about blessing and cursing in the sense of like, you better not mess up (laughs) or you better not choose the wrong thing. I'm just more talking about like, if you feel that, then submit to the leading of the Holy Spirit. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I just had one quote I saw from, uh, I never know how to say his last name, Rich Velotis. Oh, I thought you were going to say big, Mullins. Big famous <laughs> per- pastor. No, not Rich Mullins, even though I'm a fan. Um, Are you? <laughs> yeah. Well, my dad, he's Rich Mullins was his hero. So anyway, different Rich. Um, but he said, we are wounded in community and we are healed in community. No way around it. Healing might not come from the community where the wounding took place, but community is needed for healing nonetheless. So even kind of what we were saying, like if you have to take a break, 
Like maybe you were hurt in an area. Like listen, that happens. <laughs> that happens. Like we can get hurt in church. I will not say otherwise. Um, but you also have to realize that escaping from community is not the the road, is not the access to healing. So I just really liked the way that he said that is that if wounding took place in community, healing has to take place in community. Um, so it might not be the same community. It might be a break from that community that you go back. It might look a lot of different ways. Um, but I just wouldn't subscribe to the idea that because you were hurt in community means that um, you will only ever find pain in community because I think you will also find your healing in community. Very good. And it's not like you'd get hurt in any other place than church. Yeah, he's that's, that was sarcasm, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I guess it maybe hurts more because you, there's a higher expectation. Well, this is the yeah, church. Yeah. I mean, I, I often say and think that like people are like, well, you know, um, I got hurt in the church. I'm like, well, what other groups of people are you hanging around with? And have you never been hurt there? Like it's yeah. a group of people. Imperfect This people, is my like right? new favorite like one-liner is people are going to people <laughs> because I just think it's just true. We're people. We're going to do what people do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and since the beginning... That's been really messy. So, we were always one in this house. Like, we encouraged people to make a change if they wanted to make a change and yeah. even celebrate people that did make a change to another church. Or, um, I, I think a lot of that comes from it's like sometimes people will leave and then they have to vilify mm-hmm. to justify. Yeah. In, in our culture, we say, hey, if you need to go, if you need to transition, if it's for a short time or if it's a long term, like you don't have to vilify a group of people or this or that just to justify your choice. Like I'd rather you leave for purpose with purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, does it always work out that way? But it doesn't. But I, I just... I. I've been a pastor's kid my whole life. I've been in ministry the other half of my life. There is a trend of yeah. villainizing to justify an action. Yeah. And I don't think that's necessary, yeah. in my opinion. And I don't think that's just in church either. Oh, sure. <laughs> Why is there divorce? Somebody's getting vilified, you know? I mean, it's just, it's always somebody else's fault. And uh, you just see it everywhere. And that's the source of gossip and all this other yeah, I get type it of things. W- yeah. There's road work being done in our area. And my wife was telling me, yeah, she was on Facebook and I have everybody was complaining about the quality. And I was thinking, oh, this road feels great to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, some people just can't be happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just impossible. Yeah. And someone could say, well, there's reasons for that. <laughs> but yeah. I mean... We have a choice to make at some point. Yeah, and, you know, there might be reasons for that. In fact, there are reasons for that. But uh, every one of us must recognize that when my thoughts or my actions are sabotaging my life and sabotaging relationships, then I need... You've said this many times, that's an inside job. And I think that's the first place for us all to start is on the inside. 
And then suddenly things on the outside look a little bit different mm-hmm. because now they don't have power over us. And so I don't know. We really got off topic, I think. But No, I think, well, it's a big topic. So yeah. Yeah. You're gonna, there's going to be a lot of different angles. I feel good about it, at least right now. I don't. <laughs> well, let me look at my notes. Yeah, do you have anything um, left? Okay, that would open a can of worms, so we can skip that. Um, that has a possibility to offend. Let's skip that one. Um, well, pretty much everything I say has a possibility. To well, that's what we were saying. Everything anybody yeah. says is the possibility to offend. The tyranny of the sensitive. <laughs> And Katie's like, what word can I use? So I think I'm just so used to like, maybe it's uh, like a cultural hazard at this point. Like you're just running through like, what am I allowed to say? (laughs) Or like, how will I not step on triggers right now? But And I talked about this before, like, when I was younger, you know, I I was afraid to offend, you know. I'm I'm still recovering from that, but I think I'm getting freer. Yeah. And maybe I'm just freer because I can't see anybody's faces in on the this, podcast. On the podcast. So <laughs> yeah. I'm not as blunt in, I'm not very blunt in other situations, but I'm trying to work on it. So if you experience that, just know I'm walking through my healing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm recovering. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, you, you, nobody wants to offend, but we do not want to live in the fear of man. No one wants to offend. I know I mean, plenty of people that want to offend. And, uh, well, well, if we love God, we don't want to purposely oh, offend anyone. Well, Jesus really offended lots of people. So <laughs> I, I mean, we never purpose to offend, um, uh, but at the, you know. I don't purpose to offend, but I'm I cannot walk in the fear. It's of man. amazing. Like there's times where I've been blunt and people take it, and then there's times where I wasn't trying to be anything and they were very offended by it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just like my mouth right now. My, you know, it's like just to move it, it's sensitive and I feel the pain, right? Mm-hmm. So if I blamed you guys. For my pain. Well, I made you laugh a few times. You did, yeah. There was a couple of times I had to put my hand on so my mouth wouldn't move as far. But the the sensitivity isn't anything external. It's nobody's fault around me except the dentist. But it's nobody's (laughs) fault. But you paid him to do it. And I paid him a lot of money to do this. I mean, oh, Lord Jesus, a lot of money. But, um, But the fact is... I am aware that's why I'm sensitive. I understand why the pain is there. Yeah. And that's really a place of power to understand why the pain's there. And I also recognize that over time that pain will diminish. But when it comes to people's sensitivity where they're not always aware of why they're sensitive yeah. and they don't see that if you're not aware, then you don't even know how to pursue solutions for it because you don't even know why it's there. And so we're, we're dealing with a lot of human beings that have a lot of 
human experiences, maybe a lot of people with a lot of trauma, including us at times. And so just like you said, Katie, it's, it's, what do you say? People being people? People are going to people. People are going to people, right? It's when you recognize that there, I'm a work in progress, but so is everyone else. Mm -hmm. And so I think the greatest thing that we can have in the local church is to be a place where people feel safe enough to begin to confront those sensitivities. And when they're able to confront them and work through them and not be judged by them, then, um, you know, I just wonder sometimes the healing. My fear to address things just perpetuated the problem. Like, because I didn't want to offend. Mm-hmm. Right, I agree. I didn't give an opportunity for truth. Exactly. And it just kept them in a state of immaturity. Exactly. And it's kind of hard to address things when I could have addressed it a year ago. So these are just things that I'm learning that, not that I want to hurt anybody or offend anybody, but no one's going to grow if if there's not some level of truth. Like if I'm trying to keep everything, like when we talk about a safe environment, we, do, we don't mean that no one's going to have uh, a hard time or you're not going to be confronted with truth. Right. Because I think sometimes safe space is like, just tell me what I want to hear. That's not a safe space. Yeah. Well, you know, when someone goes to a therapist, that's a safe place. And boy, that therapist tells them the truth and they are brutally honest with what they're dealing with, right? I guess so, it depends who you go to. Yeah, I guess. Um, but but the fact the fact is safety means I'm in a position where I, I can grow and I give other people the grace to grow. And, you know, that's what happens in a family. I mean, you've gone through all the cycles of your children, you know, the two the two-year-old phase, you know, the as as they grow, the different phases of their life, uh, you you in love confront because you love them. You confront the things that could sabotage them, so they can grow. And when they allow that to take place, you see this maturity come place in your kids. And really, isn't that what church is? We're quote unquote a family, right? Mm-hmm. If we if we're pastoral leadership, guess what? That means we're the mamas and the papas that love them enough to be able to speak to it. And and I. I, I always kind of chuckle with that. People say, "I want a, I want a spiritual mother and father," and then when they bring correction, you're like, "I don't know if I, I really want this. <laughs> I want to be loved by a mother then and we father." Go, spiritual abuse. <laughs> <laughs> they told me I'm too sensitive. <laughs> Not to say it doesn't happen. Blah blah blah. But yes. <laughs> but that it's. I mean, this is just life. This is people and. If you don't want to go to church because there's people there, then there's no church to go to. You know, you that you know that's where sometimes people say, "Well, I want to have my own church so I can be in control and have things the way I want them." And so, and there's so many, so there's so much avenue for resources that people can try to substitute that as well. Well, that's what I said in the beginning. There's so many things that have become substitutes, and those are wonderful things in the correct context. Correct, absolutely. Yeah. So we have a few more minutes left. Does anybody want to say anything offensive? 
Um, no, I think I'm good. You're good? <laughs> okay, mom. Well, I was going to say, go to church, everybody. <laughs> I guess that's offensive <laughs> to some people. I'm good. The Life Exchange podcast is not a substitute for your local church. <laughs> yeah. Yep. There you go. That was. I just thought of tale. something. See, a local church really hold, there's accountability when you're in community. And sometimes I don't want to be in community because I don't want to be accountable. Well, I think, yeah, we hit on that. Did we? Yeah. Maybe I just thought of it in different words. <laughs> yeah, maybe. We need each other. We do. And to be honest, when we talk about community, I'm not always gung-ho about that myself, but... I feel like my social tank is like more than your social tank. I was gonna, uh, but I was going to say like, would you agree? Think, you don't have to agree with that. Maybe you, different. Yeah, I have a limit. Yeah. And I, and I don't limit even think it's love. about... Not to your love. Oh, yeah, social I mean, uh, and yeah. love are very different things. All right. <laughs> social and relationship or two. You can be not super social. Oh, yeah. Mama hates the word social. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. It's, it's, That's her curse word, social. Yeah, just... <laughs> She's like, I love people. I hate social. No, it's not like I hate social, but I'm not addicted to just... It doesn't meet a core need within you. Social things, like yeah. things that don't have depth. Yeah, like if we're not talking about the, the deep, <laughs> important matters of life. All we did was talk about blah, blah, blah. We didn't have any that discussions you don't, on. You're not like that filled my yeah, tank. Yeah, just sitting and talking about shopping I, I almost, or clothes. I almost or, cursed just now. <laughs> you, you what? Good night. <laughs> what did you say? I was going to say, um, you know, if we're just sitting around shooting the... Uh oh, Yeah. But it almost just came out. And <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's Sh- a Shooting the sheep? Yeah. Well, um, no, hey. Hey, hey. Oh, that's we're right. Gonna, we're we shepherds. We, we can't, can't shoot, shoot the sheep. sheep. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> then you made it manslaughter. I wasn't even... <laughs> I was trying to protect the animal rights people. <laughs> well... Well, go. we're having a good time. Do you have anything else you would like to say, too? <laughs> no, no, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> All right, y'all. All right. It's been fun. Why don't you say the things that we're supposed to say at the okay, end of the podcast? Yeah. We would love it if you would rate, <laughs> review, and subscribe to our show. Um, it really does make a difference. It makes me happy when I check the analytics. So you really want to do it. Make um, Katie happy. Yes, make me happy, please. <laughs> but she's very sensitive, so <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, some things maybe. He's like, yes, you are. <laughs> um, you can email us at lifeexchangepodcast at gmail.com. Um, and I think there's even a way to contact us if you go right through Spotify, right in the show description. You can do it there. So all right, that's all we got. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Life Exchange. We'll be back next week with more conversation on topics of life and leadership. Until next time, be sure to check out our website at givinglight.org, where you can learn more about our church and access loads of resources to help you grow in your walk with God and people.
If you like what you heard today, we'd be grateful if you would leave a five-star review and share with your friends. Be blessed. Remember to shine your light and have a great week. Thank you.